Hello again, everybody. Uh, we are back with another episode of Between the Shadows. This is Kara. And this is Kristen. We are on Talking More Dark Shadows and continuing this 1795 storyline. Oh, yes. We're at the part pretty much right before Vicky's arrest, I guess. Yes. We're right before that point. And Last time we chatted, Angelique and Barnabas had just gotten married. We're just up to that point. They're, they're married, they're yeah. husband and wife, yeah. the knot has been tied. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I just kind of want to preface this episode by saying, before the wedding, uh, Ben Stokes comes in and tells Barnabas that the Reverend Trask has been on the hunt again for Victoria, and Barnabas tells him to get Victoria from the barn or the stable or wherever she is and bring her back to this house. It is my house now and I will hide her. Right. Ben brings her in and, and she thanks Barnabas up and down for, for hiding her and, and for housing her. And But then she begins to tell him the truth of who she is yeah. and where she came from. Yeah. And she tells him that she comes from another time, 1967. And she tells him all about the family and the man who looks very much like him and even goes by the same name of Barnabas. Mm-hmm. And she tells him that they had a say on and that's how she got there in this time, 1795. Unfortunately, this does make Barnabas just a little bit suspicious of her. And when she's gone and has gone to her room, Ben Stokes, he asks him, he asks Ben Stokes if there was any possibility that she could be a witch. Yeah. But Ben immediately, no, Mr. Barnabas, she's not a witch. Yeah. And he would stake his life on it. And even though Ben cannot name the witch, he is at least able to tell Barnabas that he is sure Victoria is not a witch. Right. So that's just up to the point where we are. Angelique and Barnabas are married. And after they're married, Angelique is still terrified and frightened to the point where she can't sleep Mm -hmm. because of Jeremiah's ghost. And she kind of wanders around the old house exhausted because she hasn't slept all night. And she can't figure out a way to send Jeremiah back to his grave. And I think she's probably terrified of running into him again. And she's racking her brain trying to figure out how and why he turned on her all of a sudden. Mm Mm-hmm. And while she's wandering around the old house, she runs into Victoria, yeah. who, you know, has taken refuge there thanks to Barnabas and Ben Stokes. And I think she hears, like, a noise coming from Vicky's room. She knocked yes. over something or something. And yes, and, and she, thinks it's, she thinks it's Jeremiah. She's like, I'm not afraid of you, and, <laughs> and opens up the door, and there's Vicky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and she even calls her Vicky, which is so funny to me because it's 1975, and... Mm-hmm. 1795. It's the same numbers. They're I know. Just <laughs> Forgive me, y'all. It's been a long day. <laughs> Angelique wasn't aware that Vicky was staying there, and she immediately goes from, I'm not afraid of you, Jeremiah, to why didn't Barnabas tell me? Mm-hmm. Why didn't he tell me that we had a guest in the house? And she even asked him that later, you know? Angelique informs Victoria that she and Barnabas are now married, and Victoria is shocked. Yeah. She just... She claims it's because it happened so suddenly, but I believe it's because the history books never mentioned Barnabas marrying, let alone being yeah. married to Angelique. Yeah. This was not something that she read in the family history. So she's like, what? Mm-hmm. You know? And we have to remember that the history book says that Barnabas went to England and died there before he ever got married or had children. Yeah, there was no other story about Barnabas. It yes. was just that period. He went to he went to England and lived a long and prosperous life. No no record of marriage, no record of children. So yes, this understandably was a shock to Vicky and Angelique she feigns kindness you know and she assures Vicky that no one's gonna find out that she's hiding here and she can stay as long as she likes Mm -hmm. but as she walks out of the room you know she's got that smile on her face like like, I'm going straight to Trask girl yes exactly (laughs) She's she's like nobody nobody Trask will never find out you're here 
unless somebody tells him, and I'm sure no one will do that. Mm -hmm. And then cue the Grinch smile. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> mm -hmm. but she immediately she turns around and and goes to Barnabas. Yeah. And questions him as to why he let her stay there. And you can detect just a bit of jealousy in her voice as she's asking. And she even asks him if she has a reason to be jealous that Victoria's there. And mm -hmm. Barnabas tells her he's only hiding her there because he doesn't want Trask to find her. And he claims he didn't have the opportunity to tell her with the wedding happening and Angelique being abducted. And she starts again on her supposed suspicion of Victoria being a witch and how the things around them can't be explained. But Barnabas quickly defends her yeah. and says that she has... He doesn't believe in witchcraft, first of all. And even if he did, what reasons did Vicky have to attack the family? Right. She had no reason. There was no motive. So, I mean, Angelique lets it go, but decides to use it to her advantage to make it look like Victoria is the witch. Mm -hmm. She's ready to cast a spell over Abigail Collins to give her a dream slash revelation about who and where the witch is. Right. She asks <clears throat> Ben to go to Abigail's room and steal her black ribbon. I think Abigail says, the one I put my hair up at night yeah. to go to bed or yes, whatever. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and he brings it back to Angelique. And like you said, she was going to cast a spell on Abigail to have that dream, some kind of a revelation of who the real witch is. Mm -hmm. And of course, Vicky, it'll be pointed at Vicky. Mm -hmm. Angelique admits she's still trying to figure out who is controlling Jeremiah's ghost to terrorize her. Mm -hmm. Like, this is also kind of trying to figure that out, too. Mm -hmm. She's like, I can't think. I can't sleep. <laughs> right. But Ben doesn't make it far, though. He doesn't even make it back to Angelique with the ribbon. No, he doesn't. Abigail catches him and, you know, of course, accuses him of stealing. Yeah, and what are you doing here? Ben fesses up because she sees him hiding something behind his back. Mm -hmm. He fesses up and shows her the ribbon, but says he did not steal anything else. Mm -hmm. Like, then he tries to go on and tell her that the witch made him do it. Yes. And at that point, he starts to get choked up and can't speak. Yes, he can't can't say Angelique's name, but he can mention that the witch sent him there. And he got at least that far with Abigail, and you know that just sends her brain oh, in a yes. frenzy, yes. you know, urges him to speak up, but he just can't. He can't. And at that point, Angelique is feeling like something happened to Ben, yes. like she can feel it in her soul, mm -hmm. like something's happened, what's going on. She then starts to cast another spell and starts to beckon to Sarah. Yes. In Vicky's voice. Yes. Like, in Vicky's voice for her to go to the old house yes. and go see Vicky. Mm -hmm. Abigail, at that point, is telling Joshua about finding Ben in her room. Yes. And that he's there to steal. And Joshua, he believes that Ben was there to steal, but he still doesn't really believe in the witchcraft part of it. Yes, like, oh, the he, witch made me do it. He yes, doesn't believe he, that part. He's refusing to indulge Abigail in this. He calls it incessant hysteria, is yeah. what he called it. <laughs> yeah. And she, because of this revelation or whatever, she tells him that she believes Vicky is hiding in the old house and they need to go check it out. Yes, and while they're, you know, while they're arguing about this, oh, you need to just knock it off. Oh, no, J Joshua, it's true. Here comes Sarah with her cloak on. And they're like, Sarah, where are you headed? You right. know, I'm going to the old house. I'm to going see to see my governess. Hunters. Yes. I heard her voice. She was calling to me. Yes. And, of course, Abigail asks her to explain, well, did you actually see her or did you just hear her voice and mm -hmm. this and that? So she pretty much demands to Joshua to let Sarah go to the old house, but we'll follow her there. Yes. And it's like, and I still don't freaking understand the fold with these people and Abigail. I know. Like. Joshua is such a hard ass, but he's willing to fold to whatever she says. I I don't get it. I, I don't understand it either. I don't get it. 
ticks me off. It's like, as a woman of this century, <laughs> how did you get a pair of balls so big that anybody is willing to listen to you? Right. That's what that's what gets me. It's right. like, who are you? You don't have a penny to your name. You don't have any sort of riches because Barnabas states later. <laughs> yeah, I was going to, yeah. He states later that Abigail doesn't have any worldly She's positions. She's the poorest Collins in the family. Because they're they're a temptation from the devil. Right. So, she doesn't have worldly things. and So who are you that people are so terrified of you? He's that's, like, that's I don't believe question. you, Ben, that you'd be there to steal money. Yes. from her because she's this and she's that and she right. has nothing to steal. Right. That yeah. So So I mean at this point Angelique is just she's hell bent on making everyone believe without a doubt that Victoria Winters is the witch. Yeah. And she realizes she has a few close calls and she can't afford to have any more suspicion put on her. Right. So she's trying to place the suspicion somewhere else and as quickly as possible. Right. And this is evident later on when Trask wants to perform his rite of exorcism on the old house. Right. And speaking of close calls um kind of the next scene i guess after we see sarah leave the house angelique is there just snuffing out the candles yes of doing her spelling her and spell, stuff yes. and barnabas walks in and he's like what do you what do you have the candles lit at this time of day yeah for? it's daylight outside what were you doing she's like oh i lost my brooch and it fell in the corner yes. and i need the light now i'm snuffing them out this and that He's like, okay. Which is a very reasonable excuse, especially if you didn't suspect Angelique is the witch, so he bought it. Yeah, you know? yeah. And at that point, Sarah, Joshua, and Abigail all arrive in the old house, and Sarah opens the door, Miss Winters. Yeah. And Ab- and Abigail's, that's right, Miss Winters. Where is she? Right. <laughs> what are you doing here, darling? Yeah. <laughs> and she tells Sarah to tell Barnabas what she told her and Joshua about hearing yes. Vicky's voice, mm-hmm. and demands to know if and where she is in this house and Mm -hmm. that they be allowed to search the house. Mm -hmm. And after a few moments of bickering, they notice Sarah's gone. Yeah, she just, she's like, okay, you know what? Screw all of you adults. I'm going to go find her. I'm going to go find her. (laughs) So she does find her, and she's up there talking to Vicky in her room, and she tells her that she heard her calling to her and that um, Joshua and Abigail have come with her, and Vicky just, her heart sinks. She's like, oh, my God, they can't find me here Mm. otherwise, you know? And And Sarah quickly realizes, oh, crap, I shouldn't have said that, you know? But Sarah knows that house in and out, and she knows a great hiding spot, so she takes Vicky to that hiding spot. Yep, takes her all the way up to the attic, and nobody looks for her there. And before that, you know, she promises Vicky that I promise I will not tell my father or my aunt that I saw you, but mm. come with me now because they're on their way up. Mm-hmm. And you hear them, Sarah, mer. Yeah. So they go upstairs, and Abigail's grilling Sarah after, I guess, she's back from um, She does, too. It's like, this little Vicky. girl is just a little kid, and, and you're and you're sitting there grilling her like she's a, you know, a prisoner who's just been caught thieving. And it's it's almost threatening. Her Like, her, her grilling is, like, threatening. It was as bad as the grilling that she gave... Ben when she found him in her room. Yeah. And it's like, this is your own flesh and blood, sister. What are you doing? Yeah. It's just a little girl. Yeah. But, you know, back then, you know, putting the fear of God in kids, I think, was <laughs> was definitely the order of the day, for sure. After not finding Vicky, Abigail's like, well, we need to get Trask over here to exercise the house and, quote-unquote, drive the witch out. Yes. And Joshua is not for this. But he does tell Barnabas that, well, if she really isn't here, then what's the harm in letting Abigail have her yes, way? Yes, and he's... Once and he's, again, yes. folding. And 
trying to he's trying to and the the excuse that he uses with Barnabas is that look let's just keep peace in the family let him do a stupid thing so we can get this over with yeah you know yeah. and Barnabas is just like oh, fine and Joshua not really believing the witchcraft stuff yes he's like well I don't believe it so it's not gonna work so right if she's here or not it's not like what's the harm what's the harm yes. I guess I understand, but still, it's like, but men, put your foot down. Exactly. Honestly, I wonder, and this is something that is just off the top of my head. I don't have anything to base this on, just my personal opinion. I wonder if Barnabas agreed not only to keep peace in the family, but to maybe extend an olive branch to his dad because of the way that he reacted before. Right. He disinherited Barnabas. He disowned him. He told him, you're no longer my son. Mm -hmm. And maybe it was just to get in maybe some good graces with Joshua. Yeah. Again, I don't, <laughs> I don't base that on anything. It's just a reading between the lines, read between the shadows, guys. You know? That's right. We so, make up our own stories where exactly, they leave it out. Exactly. So, so. I think that... Angelique saw this as an opportunity, again, to place the blame on Victoria. Mm -hmm. Trask does indeed come and perform his exorcism. All the while, Angelique has planted herself in her old room mm -hmm. where she was a servant yeah. and casts a spell over this house of cards. And the the whole time she's she's building up this house of cards and... And by the way, <laughs> shout out to Lara Parker for being able to build a house of cards on set know, while she's right? talking. <laughs> That's right? like not an easy feat. <laughs> but this house of cards, it's supposed to represent the room that Victoria is currently sitting in. Right. And while Trask is giving his incantations, she is simultaneously right. casting her spell mm -hmm. over Victoria's room. It's yeah. in, in tandem with each other. Right. And she causes the house of cards to catch fire. And at the same time, a fire starts in Victoria's room. Mm -hmm. She speaks to her deck of cards. And I just kind of, I kind of want to just read this off. The spell goes like this. Yeah. You must see each other face to face and watch that each of you obeys my least command. You will hear the impotent cries and incantations of an idle fraud who has come in search of a witch, but he is a fake and his worthless chant will never reach you. But with his help and yours, I will rid this house not only of an enemy, a young and beautiful enemy, but I will rid it of all suspicion that might in time be aimed at me. Mr. Trask, the so-called reverend, will find his witch. She will come running to him. You are the halls of her room. You are the place where she's lying now. She is enclosed within my power. Stand fast. Keep watch. The moment is almost here. First, the chilling cold, and then the fire. That room is here, completely within my power. I call upon the heart of fire that burns within the, the heart of ice, the fire that freezes and does not consume itself. I summon the eye of fire that burns within the icy eye that watches over all things evil. I call it to this room of my own creation, heart of fire, heart of ice, fiery eye of coldest evil, burn. I command you to come and burn. I of fire, heart of fire, I summon you from the, the evil icy waste of the world beyond. Burn. <laughs> it's, it's one of my favorite. I'm, I'm, I'm not a witch. I'm not into witchcraft, but that is one of my favorite spells. <laughs> yeah, and it was funny. I was As I was doing my homework for the podcast, yes. um, I was listening to a Jerry Lacey interview at the end of one of the discs, mm -hmm. and he was talking, he was like, it was that um, interview where he's like, you know, and there was only really only about five characters in an episode at a time. Mm -hmm. And he's like, and especially when we had to read off those incantations mm -hmm. and 
prayers or whatever they are. He's like, that shit was tough. Yeah. He was like, that was really hard to memorize. That yes. was so much dialogue because yes. there was only about five actors in an episode. So they yes. had to fill that space with dialogue. And he's like, especially when we had those spells and incantations to read, he was like, that was tough to memorize. Yeah. And I, and I would think that not only is it tough enough to learn those incantations and to know them off of the top of your head, but to put so much feeling behind it yeah. the way that Jerry Lacey and Laura Parker yes. did. And it's, it's, it's incredible to me. Yeah. It just, and, and, and hats off to you guys. You guys were brilliant and you give me chills every time I watch this scene. I've seen this scene a billion times, and it still gets me every time. That's why I felt the need to write this down. It was just like, wow, you know, the writers on this show, Gordon Russell and and, and others too, they were just so they were so good with words. And there's so many good quotes that we can pull out of this show, and that's why we have one at the end of every show because it's so easy just to find one, y'all. And it's anyway, that bunny my trail. dear is called acting. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. So. But before. Before we go any further with Trask and Angelique here real quick, before, or kind of while she's setting up her house of cards, they keep flashing to like, um, well, they flashed over to Barnabas and Vicky, and Barnabas um, goes to Vicky and tells her that um, he is going to allow Trask to exercise the house, basically yes. have rain and exercise the house. Mm-hmm. He tells her that he's not going to go any further than the threshold of yes. the house. So he's not going to come into the house at all. So there's she can no stay reason, exactly where she is. Yeah, yes. there's no reason that she'd have to go back to her room that Sarah took her to. Mm-hmm. And he assures her that he believes her about coming from another time. Yes, and that he's I'm so on her glad side. you brought this out. Yes, I'm so, so glad you brought he's, this up. With certainty, he was like, I believe you. He's yes. like... And I'll protect you, and nothing's going to happen to you. And she tells him that there's a Barnabas from her time. Yes, I'm so glad you brought this up. <laughs> and, and that he's kind and gentle, too, just like this Barnabas today. Yes, you're, and, so, you're so very much like him. And he asks, is, is, he, is he free from my family's trials and heartache. awful situations and heartache? And she's like, not completely. What must have Barnabas thought? Yeah. And he, he's just, he's astonished that even after all those years, there are still trials for the Collinses. And this this kind of made my mind wander just a little bit. Now, we have Joshua Collins, who is the ever-present, ever-vigilant keeper of the family honor. Right. And in 1967, that is Elizabeth's role. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And everything leading up to this, Elizabeth, in her way, has done the same exact thing that Joshua has yep. done in this time. Yep. When David messed with the brakes on his dad's car, mm-hmm. when Joshua, or excuse me, when Rod, Joshua, <laughs> <laughs> sorry guys, 19, or 1795, um, but when, when Roger when it came out that Roger was involved in a manslaughter case and he framed Burke and and paid off Sam Evans. Mm -hmm. All of that was kept under wraps. And had there been a family history book written, you know, 50 years down the road, I wonder if that stuff would have been added, you know, at the request of Elizabeth, you know, and or what would have been changed. Yes, exactly. And, you know, even even the stuff about Liz that came out, you know, she had her own demons, her own secrets with Jason McGuire, even though in the end they were completely unfounded because Jason was just a big fat liar. Right. But I don't know. But even like with Laura Collins coming back, like I can only imagine that the history would have been written the same that it was for the past what it, however old she is but right several hundred years yeah like the history would have been written the same like yes died by fire probably yes exactly because that's what was in the phoenix news was 
this woman died by fire in yes. her apartment or whatever. Yes. So and it's there was just never history. any there was never anything else said, just died by fire, died by died fire. Died by fire. Yeah. No no other circumstances were mentioned, you know. Yeah. J- just the it was kind of like the part that, you know, the history books say that Josette married Jeremiah, but they left out the part that she was supposed to marry Barnabas. Right. You know. Right. And so. even though Barnabas he, he seems like you were saying about what Vicky was um, telling him about the Collinses of the 1900s, mm-hmm. but he also you could also see it in his face. I think a little that he was still at peace or a little content that the, with the fact that he knows the family is still around and alive. Yes, two hundred years. The Collinses from now. will live on. The I Collinses mean, have lived on. Yes, yeah, so. and I, I think yes, yes. So yeah, after after that conversation, yes, this whole Trask Angelique duel. <laughs> yes, <laughs> kind of in their incantations and stuff is going on, and Vicky does end up seeing a fire in her room mm-hmm. and she is able to kind of snuff out the first one with her blanket mm-hmm. she just kind of throws it over and it kind of goes away and she goes back to the window to hear what Trask is saying and stuff and Trask was like yelling it's crazy because like what he was saying was almost kind of what Angelique was saying it was the opposite but same <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> So, but anyways. The dust knows your name and the, the fires of goodness will, you know, yeah, will consume yeah, you. Yeah, Eventually, you know, there's another fire. She tries to snuff it out and it just won't go out. So she ends up just having to run from her room. Yes. And there's, I just don't understand why you knew where Trask was at. Why the why, heck did yes. you run right into it? Right into his arms. Why did you think he was going to help she, you and believe ran, you there was a fire? Exactly. She ran out the front door into the waiting arms of Trask, who was waiting for the witch to be expelled from the house. And she knew this. And there are several <laughs> doors to the old house, honey. You could have ran out the servants' quarters, you oh know? Gosh. And, or and, at least go back to your hiding room that Sarah so showed yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I don't, I don't and, know. And, you know, this leads her... <laughs> This leads her to be arrested for witchcraft, and she's taken from the house. I have the witch. I have the witch. Damn it. Yes. That ticked me off. Uh, Yes. I mean, Trask's exorcism was just about over. Just about over when Victoria ran into his arms and it was just like, ah, you know, it's the, it's the same feeling I had when Abigail was questioning Angelique and she just completely went off track and lost it. It was the same reaction. Before Vicky is dragged away from the house by Trask, Barnabas happened by Angelique's old room Mm -hmm. and heard her voice coming from the inside and the strange word she was saying, saying heart of ice, heart of fire. And what the heck is that? Yeah. And he doesn't really think too much on it to begin with like okay whatever maybe she just she's a weird one she's from Martinique you know that's a different culture yeah but the thing that gets Barnabas is Angelique denies this that she was in her old room and tells Barnabas she was in the sewing room at the other end of the house right and not her old room and couldn't hear anything that was going on in the exorcism but before Barnabas Barnabas could even investigate that moment when he was hearing Angelique that's when Vicky started screaming hellfire yeah so he had he had to go he didn't even have time to investigate or even open the door right and Barnabas knows that she's that Angelique is lying about where she was and he's like I'm not he was like I investigated the sewing room when I was looking for Miss Winters and she wasn't there was nobody there. Right. And so this prompts him to go and find Ben. Yeah. Yeah. And because he knows that Ben is locked up in the basement of the new house because when Abigail and Joshua came in, they were like, well, Ben was caught in my room and we've locked him up. And, right. You know. Right. So he goes down there, bribes one of the servants to give him a, give him the key, and Ben refuses to ask any answer any of his questions. Yeah. And just, he ends up sw- swatting Barnabas over the not swats because it was very heavy. It was just kind of an accidental push off that knocked he, him out. Yes. And, he 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 panics as you know. Yeah. 
and but knocks knocks Barnabas out uh, with the glass bottle over his head. <laughs> so after he gets knocked out and everything, Joshua comes in and finds Barnabas laying on the floor, <laughs> locked locked in Ben's room. Right. Riggs, is that you? <laughs> He's like, I can't believe when I was told I came here down here to find you. <laughs> what are you doing in my house, basically? And they bicker for a minute there. Barnabas, again, tries to talk some sense into his dad about uh, Vicky being innocent. Mm-hmm. And after that, Barnabas goes to visit Vicky in jail mm-hmm. and asks her to go over everything she remembers from last night, like every detail. Mm-hmm. And she tells him about the fire in her room and the power of light, the consuming fire of goodness. She actually says those words to him, and that gets his attention. Yes. Like, he gets wide-eyed. He said he heard her shouting from her room, but when he got there, she wasn't there, and there was there was no evidence of a fire in her right. room. There was no ashes, there was no smoke, there was no fire, no nothing. Right, and for one dismal moment, I think that Barnabas believed that she was a witch, even he, even as much as he didn't want to, I think, for that one... I mean, what are you supposed to think? Yes, exactly, and he even tells her, I don't want to believe it, but... Right, I don't want to. But then she was like, you know, the funny thing was, is I was trying to extinguish this fire... Yeah. And my hands actually went into the flames, and I wasn't burned, but it felt like I was holding a cake of ice. And yeah. Th- and that sets off his attention again. Yeah. Fire, ice, fire, ice. Yeah, and then he, he remembers the words that Angelique said in her room, you know, heart to fire that burns in the icy eye, you know. And as quickly as he... Th- began to think Vicky could be a witch that feeling went away in that moment yes and he was he looked at her he was like I assure you I believe you yes you're gonna be okay I'm going to get somebody to defend you yes all doubts were extinguished in, in that moment yeah Vicky go, has a glimmer of hope in her eyes she's like oh thank God somebody believes me you right, know right and at that point he goes off to find Ben again mm-hmm. and he finds Ben hiding in some storage looking shack on yeah the like some old abandoned shack I think it was near the water and probably it was probably part of the old house's property probably, probably. Um, it, it reminded me of the shack that Laura took David yeah, to yeah and it could have been because you know the shack hadn't burned to the ground yet so it very well could have been could have been you know and he assures them that he's safe and that he came alone and that he has no reason to be afraid of him he's not mad at him for knocking his block off (laughs) earlier yes Yes. (laughs) but (laughs) but and and he also comments he was like ben nobody comes here i'm the one who showed you this place remember i I showed you this i'm the one who showed you and, and he just he just kind of guessed that Ben would be here, and it was an excellent guess because there he was drinking his whiskey out of the barrel, you know. <laughs> and Barnabas has got this bright idea that he's going to try to coax or trick or kind of guilt Ben into telling him the truth. You know, I I thought at first it was reverse psychology, but it really wasn't. Mm -mm. He just, he used this technique. I don't even know how to explain it, but I thought it was brilliant. It was maybe with like Ben's simple mind. You know, I said the same thing as I was watching and I was talking, talking with my husband and I'm like, I said, you know, he kind of used Ben's simple mindedness to his advantage, to his advantage. And I think, you know, I think he kind of tricked him, and he was like, no, I don't think so. I think he was just trying to get the truth out of him yeah. and, and using the best method that he could. I'm like, that's 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 basically it, you yeah. know, and that's basically what he does here. It's like Ben almost has a childlike mind and spirit, and like, kind of like Sarah. She was just freaking afraid yeah. of Abigail, and Ben's just so freaking afraid of Joshua. He doesn't want to speak up to anybody. Yes, and, and, and I think like, in, it, it's hard for me, knowing that and keeping that in mind, it's so hard to see Ben as a criminal, you know? Yeah. I mean, yes, he was caught stealing food, but 
because it's not he like was he hungry. Killed anybody. Yeah, he never killed anybody. He was hungry and, you know, didn't have any place to go after the war was over. He had PTSD. He was hungry. He was starving. Probably for a loaf so, of bread. Honestly, I think it was the whole thing that Ben was a criminal was a complete misunderstanding. Yeah. Because he's so loyal to the Collinses. He's so loyal to Barnabas. Mm-hmm. And all he wants to do wants to do is protect these Collinses. I mean, namely Barnabas, Sarah, and Mrs. Collins, Naomi. But he's just so loyal and, and it's difficult for me to even think of Ben as a criminal. He's a servant, simple-minded, yes, but a criminal, no. I can't see that. Yeah. So, and he can tell as he's kind of kind of coaxing Ben into getting him to tell him the truth of what what he knows. Mm-hmm. He can kind of tell that Ben's getting more uneasy as he talks about mm-hmm. Vicky being the witch. Like, yes. he just denies it and becomes uneasy every time he says a bad word against Vicky about it. Right. He's like, and, I have you to thank for this, Ben. And and he, and he he's like, I, he asks him to confirm and write the witch's name in the dirt. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I've been teaching you how to write. I've been teaching yeah. you how to read. Because Ben says this you thing. He was like, he's like, Mr. Barnabas, just supposing I did know who the witch was, but... She she used her power on me and not and not be able to speak her name and Barnabas clarified and tried to get you know tried to tell Ben the the correct way to say it. you mean she had power she she took hold of your power of speech and he was like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and he was like you would have found a way to t- tell me Ben and he was like how how would I have done that he was like I've been teaching you how to write Ben mm-hmm. and he's like write her name write her name here's a barrel with some dust on it write her name write just her not even her name just her first initial yeah you know and he you know he, I love that part because it's so dramatic but. You know, he starts writing the A, and it looks like a V, and Barnabas is like, a V. No and then way. He, and then he writes that little line in between the V, yes. and he's like, A. A for Angela. And you can just see in his eyes, that bitch, uh-huh. you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> My skin crawled. My hair stood up. Yes. At that moment, he's A for Angelique. Mother. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know? Yes. For real. That was yes. that moment. And he's like, I'm out of here. I'm taking care of this right now. Yes, and that's he, basically what he did. He, he marched is, out of there. He and, is ready to kill this woman. He mm-hmm. is. He heads off, but Ben warns him, please be careful. Let me come with you. I know where she hides. I'll, I'll stand out in the woods with a gun. Yeah. You know? And he yeah. tells her, he was like, he, why would she do this? Why would she destroy a family? And Ben was like, she says she loves you, man. And 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 he just like loses his clothes. Like love, she did all this in the name of love. Yeah. She destroyed a family all in the name of love. No, this was hate. I'll show her the meaning of hate. And he storms right out of there. I was like, the no. last and the last thing he <laughs> says before he walks away from Ben, he's like, they say revenge is sweet, not for me. It's a necessity. Oh. Dang, what a line. Yeah. Yeah. And then he marches off. Yes. And that's when he gets back to the old house. And he calls out for Angelique, but she, there's no answer. So he's just kind of pacing a little. And he stops by the sherry glasses and the the pint of sherry or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And he reveals that he's got a vial of poison hidden in his jacket. Mm-hmm. And he plans to use it on Angelique. Mm-hmm. Um she then enters the room and starts her small talk about their days. How was your day, sweetheart? Yeah. And what did you do? What did you I do? I missed you so. Well, what did I do? This and that. And he's just cold to her the whole time. I was like, Pfft. right. Every and every answer she has for him, he's like, Pfft. yeah. Now that he knows, he sees right through her, and it's just I love the way that he responds to her and everything that she says in this scene. And she's like, Barnabas, let's go away. Mm-hmm. Let's do this. And he's like. Pfft. I, I gotta be somewhere. It's like, <laughs> but he offers her a glass of sherry mm-hmm. and pours them up and drops the poison into her glass. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, she's walking around with her glass pacing and fart, she, farting along and small talk. She will not some shut up and take a sip of this sherry. Right. And then at that point, before she any either of them takes a sip, Naomi shows up. Yes. And um, she came to inform Barnabas that Ben has escaped from his cell. Yes. And Wanted that, to see if Barnabas was okay. Right. And also that a package had arrived at Collinwood mm-hmm. for um, Barnabas. It was a wedding gift. And he's for like... Barnabas and Joseph. Uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, basically, after a short time, Naomi... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because Angelique offers her her friggin' sherry she's like, glass. would you like to come in and have some sherry? And, and, and Naomi being the... She's like, heck yeah, let's do this. Let's do this, girl. <laughs> she's like, sherry, you should have said that before. <laughs> right. So, yeah, she offers her her glass, and Barnabas is desperately trying to find a way for his mother not to drink like, this. Like, mother, there's a chip in that glass. <laughs> <laughs> but... It's it, it was funny. I was laughing with Barry about this earlier because he saw that scene in particular, and he was like, "That was so like." He was like, "That was so staged." I was like, "But that's that's what about it though?" Is like, in his character, he was trying to stage that. Yes. Like so, any excuse to get his mom not to drink this glass of sherry. Right. He he's like that was so on purpose. I was like, it was supposed to be on purpose. It, yes. Yes. He was, he was just trying to knock it out of he's her like, hand. Mother, there's a chip. Oh shoot! I'm oh, sorry. No. How clumsy of me. Right. And Angelique's. Oh, let me clean that up. Lottie da. She gets the glass and she's like holding it up in the light and then she yeah sniffs touching it a the rim and she's like you. You're trying to kill me, aren't yeah. you? <laughs> well, because because once once she hears Naomi say, "Oh, Ben's escaped," and and she's like, oh, crap, you know? Mm-hmm. And so Bar- she knows that Barnabas has gone there to question Ben. Did did Ben give me up? Oh, crap, you know? Yeah. So that's, you know, you're you trying to kill me. Yeah. So, so she's very suspectful. She's very suspicious now. <laughs> and Barnabas. <laughs> so again, I'm sorry. I, I was, we were watching, I was watching this with, with Matt, my husband also. And Angelique walks Naomi out to her carriage. Right, yeah. And Barnabas goes to the desk and pulls out the decker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, it's not funny. It's just my, my husband's reaction was funny. He was like, I couldn't poison her, so I'm just now I'm just gonna stab a bitch. Right. <laughs> so Basically. and that's and that's what he does. That's what he does. He <laughs> he goes to her room in the middle of the night. I think this was before the time that married couples were sleeping together other than to procre- procreate. <laughs> right. So he goes to her room and lifts that dagger up and, and goes to stab the pillow or whatever is bunched up under those. I, blankets. He just full force he puts the knife down and he yes. It was just pillows. Yes. But before that, before that, when Angelique walks Naomi to her carriage, she's like, oh, I'll walk you out, this mm-hmm. and that. Um, he um, tells his mom to ha- go ahead and have Riggs bring in the bring package. Bring in the package, yep. And he's opened it up before Angelique gets back in the house, and there's the portrait sitting there, and she's like, not a wedding present for us. Right. She's <laughs> like, let me just take it away. I'll put, away. I'll put it away. And she's like, why do you keep looking at her? <laughs> do you still love her? And the whole time I'm going... This is what he told you when you were married. Yeah. He's like, if you can accept my feelings for Josette, I'll marry you. You knew his feelings for Josette. You were supposed to accept it. That was the condition, you know? Yeah. It's like, do you still love her? Well, of course I do, you know? And she's like, oh, well, I'll, I'll just go put this in storage. He's like, no, 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 no. He's like, I'm going to contact Andre because mm-hmm. I'm sure he'll want it. Right. I got to say, at least at this one particular moment, Angelique at least admits that, oh, I was just being jealous, Barnabas. Yeah. I was just being jealous. Yeah. Barnabas actually, in that moment, too, asks slash says, was she really in love with Jeremiah? Yeah. Or was she put under a spell? I can't believe you'd think of her even after what she did to you. Oh, yeah? What'd she do to me, Angelique? It's like, was she really in love with him or was she under a spell? Yeah. It's like, well, she betrayed you to your uncle. Did she? Right. You know, or was she she under a spell? Yeah. But, you know, she beats around the questions and tries to question him in return. Yes. To throw him off the subject yes. and stuff. Yes. Oy. 
But yeah, that's when he goes to her room, and yes. then full force, boom. And then that's where the episode ends. Yes. Until you get to the next one, then he pulls back them covers, and it's nothing. And Angelique is standing there expecting him. And then you hear in the background, do you really hate me that much? Mm. <laughs> yeah. The answer is yes, honey. Yeah. And at this point, all of the cards are on the table. He just Barnabas, spills. yes, straight he up spills. tells her, I know you're the witch. Yeah. And she tries to do this very somber, very um, remorseful, I never wanted you to find out. I, I, yeah. I, I, if you want me to stop, say the word, I'll stop, you know. Oh, I, I did and, it all because I love you. And yeah. If you don't believe it, this is why. And, right. If okay. we could just start over from here, there'd be no more witchcraft. And Barnabas just scoffs in her face and says, do you really think that that could happen after what you've done? And he, you know, raises the knife again. And just with a simple raise of her hand, mm-hmm. it stops. she stops him. And it hits the floor. Yes. <clears throat> and she was like, I have many powers. And he scoffs again and raises his hands to choke her. Yeah. But he can't. He just, Because Angelique has it in her power to stop him. Yeah. And she says that she could cast a spell to make him love her, but she wanted him to come to her of his own free will. Right. And to, to, to say that Barnabas is pissed, it would just be a total understatement. Yeah. At this point, Barnabas is out for blood. And all of the odd things that have happened up until this point, it finally makes sense. It's starting to make sense. The choking, the the marriage betrayal, the yes. sudden, it was like, when were they alone? How did they get, you know, how, how are they in love? And, you know, the, the sickness that fell on Sarah, all of it is starting to make sense. Right. And basically, argument and whatever gets to the point where she's like, basically, she threatens him if he acts anything more than a devoted husband, she will kill Josette. Yeah, this is the other ultimatum. It's like, you're going to stay here and be my loving, attentive husband, or I'm a killer. Like her words, for her life, you will remain with me. Yes. So. Yes. So Barnabas goes to Collinwood to see Josette. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love it. <laughs> Devoted husband, I love yes. it. Yes. <laughs> it's like, you've already been unfaithful to me. <laughs> you've already been unfaithful. No, I have not. <laughs> the way he said, no, I have not. But anyways, he co- he goes to Collinwood to see Josette, but he runs into Millicent. Nathan and, and Millicent are canoodling. Yeah, they're canoodling. <laughs> <It's late>. and, <laughs> I'm ruined. I'm ruined. <laughs> but, Millicent is so, she's so very eccentric and very, she's wound like a, she's wound like a drum, man. She could pop at any time. They say that she's very fragile, like her health is very fragile. I don't know if that, they, they sometimes they insinuate that it's her mental health and sometimes they insinuate that it's her physical health. Well, and I think that Millicent is just a little bit of a hypochondriac. Too, yeah, so. yeah, <laughs> yeah, but... He asked Millicent um, if she would go wake Josette because it's mm-hmm. nighttime. Millicent even shouldn't be out of the house. She snuck yes. out with Nathan. But then, as he's asking Millicent, of course, the Countess is in the background eavesdropping on everything. She's like, oh, really? And she's like, no, you're not going to talk to Josette. No. She doesn't want to see you, no. and it's not going to be good for her. Right. And she ends up taking Barnabas up to her room to talk some more with him, but still, she doesn't give in, let Barnabas see her. And she even said, a weird way to spend your honeymoon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're on the terrace looking for your pretty much ex-wife. Mm-hmm. She's like, what could you possibly have to tell her that you're sorry that you married her maid? <laughs> 
<laughs> Thank you, Natalie. I cracked. That was funny. <laughs> I did. I rewound it. It was so funny. <laughs> sorry that you married her maid. <laughs> what could you possibly have to tell her? Right. That you're sorry you married her maid? Now, unfortunately, <laughs> Angelique is seeing all of this because she cast another spell. Oh, yeah, and the eyeball spell? She, yeah, she, it was, it was, uh, she sent out a bat to spy on Barnabas and everything <laughs> that he did. <laughs> Foreshadowing. <laughs> right. He tells the Countess, basically, that Josette is in danger and that he just can't say anything, really, until he knows what he's going to do about it. Right. He just, tr- just trust me, please. Yes. Like, he begs her to listen to him, and she's just set in her decision. She walks him out because she says she wants to make sure that he actually makes it out and yeah, not out the door. wakes Josette on his way out. Yes. He runs back into Millicent on his way mm-hmm. back out mm-hmm. and, again, asks her to ask Josette later if she will meet him in the garden, mm-hmm. but before he leaves, he sees that bat flying around, yes, looking in on him. Yes, and they decide basically that if Millicent can maybe like invite Josette out for a walk, they can meet the quote next unquote, evening. by chance, yeah, by so, accident. So after that scene, we flash to Vicky. Um, after a couple of episodes, mm-hmm. we haven't seen her in just a little bit, and this is the first time we see uh, Peter Bradford. Yeah, uh, yeah, Peter yeah. Bradford. And, and I just had to say, this is the first time. He went to visit her. This is the second time. Barnabas. This is the second time that Barnabas has gone to visit her. The first time, he wasn't sure of anything. He mm-hmm. wasn't sure if Vicky was the witch. He wasn't sure if he just he wanted to believe she wasn't. But this time, no doubt about it, he's absolutely convinced, no questions asked, that Victoria is not the witch. Right. And well, by the end of his last visit, he was sure. Yes. Yes. Like by like the eleventh hour of their last visit. Yes. He was but, like, I but this you. time, he has concrete. Yeah, he walks no in solid yes. and confident. Yes, and he, he brings in a judge to to possibly defend Victoria in this witchcraft case. Right, He and the judge tells Vicky he wants to help. He's here to help, and especially because he says, I know Trask, and I, all I know him for is a common charlatan. Yeah, he's I think a charlatan, what he said. and I can't wait to expose him in court. You know, so yeah. I, yes, I'm willing to take up your case. And but the problem is, is Vicky can't. She can't provide any information about any concrete em- information about her past or anybody who knew her before she came to work for the Collinses because the only references she has are future Collinses. Right. Well, and, <laughs> and Barnabas keeps trying to jump in and answer questions for her, but he's like, dude, he's like, hold on, dude, I gotta I, hear this from her. I gotta you know? hear it from her. And she, so she's like, you know what, Mr. Collins, I have to. She starts spouting off the story about her coming from another time, and the judge is like, look, he's, I can't use that to defend you. He, and he's like, I'm, he's dumbfounded. He's, he says he truly wants to help her, but he just cannot take a story like this into court. Yes, he no, just can't absolutely. Do it. And 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 Barnabas assures her he's like, don't don't feel discouraged. I'm gonna find someone to defend you. I, I, I will do whatever it yeah. takes. And. There's Peter Bradford standing in the background the whole time, not saying a word. Yeah. Just kind of standing there. He's the jailer who's been watching over Victoria this whole time. At the point, Vicky's like, oh, I forgot you were here. Yeah, and he he agrees to defend her. He's, he's taken the job at the jail because he's studying to be a lawyer. And Peter Bradford, he took a very special interest in Victoria. I don't know exactly what it was that drew him to her. He he tells her that he had been watching her ever since he, she came to the jail. He watched her crying in her cell, and all this time, he's been trying to decide for himself whether or not 
she's a witch or she's innocent. And he says he wasn't sure, especially after hearing about this story about being from another time. But he has just decided in that moment that she's innocent. He's like, I would never feel sympathy for a witch. Yeah, he was like, I think that at first... Something like that. Yeah, I think at first Peter felt bad for her and just wanted to help her, make her feel better. She was all alone, and the only person that was willing to defend her was Barnabas, and even Barnabas was coming up short with yeah. ways to help her. Yeah. And Peter said, he said, I believe that you're just a frightened girl who doesn't have the power to harm anyone, and, and I pity you. Yeah. He was like, and I just, I, I can't pity someone... I don't feel like I have the ability to pity someone who's a witch. Exactly. And this was the beginning of that fondness that mm-hmm. grows between them. And we know from later episodes that this turns into a very deep love between the two of them. And suddenly, Vicky forgets Burke Devlin who? <laughs> you know? Yeah, for the first time. Yes. This is the first time that, you know, she hasn't been so sorrowful about, you know, Burke Devlin and his plane going down over the Amazon. And she... You know, all of a sudden she's got this man in her life who, you know, she met in the past. Okay, P.S., here's a bunny trail for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just picked up the book. We, I posted it on the Facebook page. Mm-hmm. I just picked up the book, The Heiress of Collinwood yeah. by Laura Parker, and I've started reading it. And I tell you what, guys, I'm only into, like, the first few chapters, but I tell you what, I cannot put this thing down. Mm-hmm. It is so good. But the reason I bring that up is because the book opens in 1797, and Victoria is married to Peter in 1797. Nice. and. It just oh man it got me and so yeah I just wanted to bring that up y'all if you had me at 1797 (laughs) (laughs) so I mean anyway that was just a little a little bunny trail there but I y'all if if you can I haven't finished it yet but I can tell man it's going to be a good one it's a page turner (laughs) so getting back on with this so Barnabas does indeed meet up with Josette and Millicent's chance meeting was a success and he tells her look you're in danger if you stay here and Barnabas also takes this opportunity to tell her that her marriage to Jeremiah was a lie. Yeah, and she, she was under a spell. Yeah, he tells her that they were both under a spell and didn't willingly deceive him. Yeah. And Josette tells him that her marriage to Jeremiah seemed like a dream now, mm-hmm. and when it was happening, it didn't even feel real. Right. And Barnabas tells her that it was a witch that who had cast a spell over both of them and that she is still plotting, and that's why she's got to leave. It's like, yeah. look, your life is in danger. Yeah, <clears throat> like you will die here if yes. you do not leave. You will die. And even even though he, Barnabas knew his life was in danger, he knew Josette's life was in danger, he took that initiative to tell Josette, look, you got to get out of here. I love you. I don't want to not see you, but you got to get out of here. Yeah. And eventually I'll come and find you, but you've got, you've got to get out of Collinwood. Right. And he even she, sets her up at some inn outside of, what did he say? Boston. Out- yeah, outside of Boston. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They. They. So she. She tells her aunt Natalie that she's planning to leave Collinwood. No one can stop her, and she asks Natalie to say goodbye to everyone for her because she's leaving in an hour. Mm-hmm. And Natalie, of course, you know, Monchet tries to talk her out of it, but eventually realizing that she can't, she's like, "Well, then I just have to go with you." Yeah. That's just all there is to it. But before they leave, Barnabas gives Josette the, the infamous the music famous box. The famous music box. <laughs> the famous music box. The one that he gave Maggie. The one that he gave Vicky. The music box is finally here. Now, it did come up one other time, just after Barnabas and Angelique were married. Angelique finds it yeah. in her bedroom, and Bart's like, what are you doing with that? And she was like, is it hers? He was like, no, it's mine. You know? <laughs> well, it's true. We hadn't given it to her yet. <clears throat> right. Exactly. And before they leave, Barnabas, you know, he gives her the music box, and as a reminder that they'll, they'll be together very soon. Yeah. And when Josette brings up his marriage to Angelique, Barnabas says, you know what? The next time we meet, we're not going to be married anymore. Yeah, she's like, this is the only thing you haven't brought up. And she's like, you're married. She's like, 
how is this going to be so? Yeah, I'm not going to be married to her. Like, yeah, for really I, much assure longer. You, I, I assure you, the next time we meet, I will not be married to Angelique anymore. Yeah. So the Countess tells Abigail Collins that they're planning to leave, and Abigail tells her that she can't leave because they need her testimony in the trial against the witch. And Natalie doesn't listen and tells her, look, we got to go. And so Abigail goes down to the old house to talk to Angelique and comments on the fact that Barnabas has hung Josette's portrait over the fireplace. Yeah, that's the first thing she sees. She's like, what is that doing there? And she's like, well, over my objections, he hung it this evening. Well, I should think you would object. <laughs> like, well, I should think you would have. Yeah, she's like, I just told you I did, woman. <laughs> but, I mean, she comes there to ask Angelique to be a witness because the Countess and Josette are leaving. And Angelique is just livid over She's like this. internally freaking out her yes. eyes get all big and oh yes. my gosh yes and when she realizes that Barnabas has sent Josette away she tells him that he's made a huge mistake yeah and she makes him look at at Josette's portrait and the, it begins to change yeah the the portrait goes from being a beautiful picture of Josette to showing Josette as like a zombie-like creature a bloody skeleton figure yes yes with a with a bloody dress and Barnabas isn't phased by Angelique's threats he's like look I'm sick of you you will and, not deceive me yeah and I think it I think it pissed Angelique off yeah and she insists that you know Barnabas you'll be sorry and you'll regret you'll regret this you know mm-hmm. and and she says that Josette may be safe, but no one else at Collinwood is. And yeah. she goes to retrieve Sarah's doll. Mm-hmm. And while she's retrieving the doll, Barnabas prepares that pistol. Yeah, yeah. And she comes down, and this she is how she quickly comes stay. back. Yeah, she <laughs> she does. She quickly comes back down with that doll. And this is how I'll make you stay. And she starts sticking pins in Sarah's doll one by one. She's like, do you remember when she was ill? She's this like, is why. She had a pain Boom. here in her shoulder Boom. and here in her chest. And she holds that pin over the doll's heart and tells Barnabas that she'll kill Sarah if, if he tries to come leave. come any closer. Yes. Or and whatever. Barnabas panics and he pleads with Angelique, just yeah. please just remove the pins. I won't leave Collinwood. And she was like, she's not phased and says that he will leave immediately if he doesn't have a reason. And she is very set on giving him that reason to stay. And Barnabas panics, goes over to the box that contains his pistol, and shoots her point Immediately, blank. like, boom. Like, point blank. Oh, Barnabas, what have you done? What have you done? And in her dying, supposedly dying breath, she curses Barnabas. Yeah. And you'll never rest. Anybody who loves you will die. And this yeah. is your curse. This is my curse. And you'll live with it through all eternity. Yeah. And she slumps over, seemingly dead, and Barnabas pulls those pins out of the doll real quick style, yeah. you know. And, and, and then, <clears throat> like, almost immediately, he gets up. He's like, Angelique? Then he, like, stands up, and pretty much immediately you hear this crash behind him, which I'm assuming the window breaking. Yeah, the breaking. window breaking, yeah. And a, the bat flies in. And, and, and bites and, him. And I know the acting. <laughs> I know what it looked like. But you know what it was intended to be, and yes. you know he did his best to fight it off. Yes. I, I know what the acting says. I know that says something different. You know what, something. though, for us true blue diehard Dark Shadows fans, we knew what this meant. Yes, and we knew the oh. intention behind it, which means that we could take that and you know be terrified with Barnabas of this bat that's on the fishing pole. You know, right? <laughs> right. But but he does his best to fight it off, but to no avail. He lies there with these two big gaping wounds in his neck, and he's slowly dying. And, you know, far away on the road to Boston, Josette and her aunt have stopped off for the night. Yeah. And Josette gets this chilling sensation that something's wrong with Barnabas, and her neck starts to bleed. Yeah, well, before we even know that, she's just clutching her neck. Yeah, she's just clutching. And and at that point, Natalie doesn't say anything about it. And it's obvious that what she's doing, but Natalie doesn't say anything about it. Right. So... 
Natalie's, she offers Josette a tarot reading. Yes. It's like, oh, <laughs> we'll read the cards and you'll see that everything's fine. Yes. And once she lays the cards out, though, she they're very, very vague. And she's like, I just can't make out this message here. This card is here and this card is there. Right. But surrounding the, this one. And right. The I lover card. The lover card that represents Barnabas, it's surrounded on all sides by sides of dis- by signs of destruction, yeah. and she can't make anything of it. Right. But those those cards being surrounded surrounding the lover card is bad juju. It's bad news. <laughs> right. And, and at that point, after the reading, she's noticing Josette's expression, and she finally notices her clutch in her neck, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Oh my god!" She's like, "Your neck is bleeding." Yeah, for she- no apparent reason, she keeps wiping it away, and the blood. Keeps coming, but there's no scratch. There's no wound, and there there are two bites. On, are there on Josette's neck? There are two bites, and every time Natalie goes to clean it off, she gets it all clean. It just starts to bleed again. Yes, and she can't keep it clean. It mm. just oozes. Okay, and I mean this goes on for some time before they decide that it, Josette decides. Look, we gotta leave. We gotta go back. We gotta yeah. go back. Yeah, she's like, there's something wrong. It's Barnabas. We gotta go. <clears throat> Just like she was adamant about, we're leaving Collinwood in an hour. Yes. We're leaving right now. And but, and she was as adamant as she was when she was in that hotel with Josh, or excuse yeah. me, with Jeremiah. She's yeah. like, we got to go back to Collinwood. We got to face what we did. Mm-hmm. You know? Now, Josette is spoiled, so whatever Josette wants, she's going to get. Josette gets. Yes. So back at Collinwood, Ben Stokes shows up at the old house mm-hmm. and he walks in and Barnabas and Angelique are both it's unconscious. It's like a bloodbath on yeah, the floor Yeah, there's a bloodbath all over the floor. Two and, passed out bodies. Yeah, sprawled all over the drawing room floor and he instantly has some satisfaction. Oh, he's killed her, you know. And he's like, somebody's finally killed her. Yes. But he, he quickly recovers when he sees Barnabas. You know, he's like, oh crap, she killed him too. Oh no, he's not dead. Yeah. You know, and so he takes him up to his room because he can't go to Collinwood and ask for help. Yeah. Yeah, he thought about it, but he's like, they're gonna, they're gonna take me back, lock me up. (laughs) Yeah, if I go back, so he's gonna try to find a doctor. Mm -hmm. He gets him up to his bed, and Barnabas finally comes to enough to tell Ben that she placed a curse on me. The bat attacked his throat. The bat attacked his throat, and Ben was like, she's like, she's dead. She's, I didn't, I didn't think it was possible for anybody to kill her. Yeah, but she and Barnabas is like, she's dead. He's like, I. He was like, but are you sure? And he was like, like, anyone who's lost that much blood would have to be dead. Yeah. (laughs) But then, ba-boom. Boom. There she comes. (laughs) With her bloody shoulder and all. And God. She claimed she was just angry and thought she was going to die, and she's going to try to lift the curse if she can. But That was almost like a perfect, uh, that was one of the most perfect soap opera moments of Dark Shadows. When (laughs) she's dead. Nope. Here I am. Nope. <laughs> Here I am. <laughs> so, yeah, she comes into the room, and Ben's trying to keep her away from Barnabas. You know, just don't come near him. Leave mm, him alone. Leave yes. him alone. But, you know, she makes her way over to the bed. And, well, now that I'm not dead, I don't want him to die. Right. <laughs> Get out of here. And and then there's there's a little bit of there's a little <laughs> bit of panic in her voice because she keeps saying that we've got to do everything to keep him alive because if he dies, he's going to become one of the living dead. Yeah. And Barnabas... The, the next couple episodes, he just he remains in this delirious state, saying over and over that he's got to leave and he's got to go to Josette immediately. And Angelique tries to stop him, and he tells her that she'll never find him and she'll, that she's going to stay safe from her. And, and you know, a, a couple of people show up. You know, Naomi shows up and wants to see Barnabas, but Angelique's able to send her away. Barnabas can hear them, but he's so weak he can't get to her. And eventually Angelique does decide 
that she's going to try to lift this curse, but it's completely unsuccessful. And <laughs> like, she even tries to blame Barnabas and said, if only you hadn't tried to betray me. Yeah, I know. Make it all about you, girl. Yeah. But I love when she was telling Ben about um, he's going to become one of the living dead and this and that. And she t- she basically tells Ben, if there's any way I can lift the curse, I will. And Ben was like, I don't trust you as far as the door. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, I don't trust you for nothing. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. But yeah, that that's when they flash back to Natalie and Josette trying to clean her up, but yes. every time she wipes it away it bleeds again. Mm-hmm. And that's when Josette insists that they make their way back to Collinwood. Yes. And Natalie just begs her, is like, everybody's already asleep. Our coachmen and drivers are already asleep. The servants and like if you can just wait till first light. Mm. we will leave. Yes. And so she agrees. But she, it looks like she sleeps down like in the common room of the hotel or something. Mm-hmm. Like she's sitting by the fire. It Because Natalie's like, well, I'm going to my room. Yeah. Maybe it was Josette's room. Maybe she was in or, Josette's room. Or maybe, room you know, or, they're rich. So maybe it was just, you know, a there's, huge there's suite. a, yeah, a huge suite, like a sitting room. And yeah, I, we, we just don't know that the details are a little bit obscure, but. But she, Josette falls asleep in that chair all night by the fire. And then a bat. Yeah. Appears outside the, the window. The bat finds her hundreds of miles away. Yeah. So this kind of goes on. This is very drawn out, this whole Barnabas being sick. And, you know, Josette finally makes it back to Collinwood, and then she she marches down to the old house, and Angelique tries to kick them out. But instead of remembering that Angelique is now the mistress of this house, Josette's aunt, and she, you know, well, screw you, Angelique, we want to see him, you mm-hmm. know. Eventually, Josette hears Barnabas calling to her, and so so now they both know, and the countess tells Angelique, look, he got to see a doctor. And Angelique was like, it's the plague. Don't you see why I'm trying to get you to leave? It's the plague. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, he still needs a doctor. Well, the doctor comes and says the same thing, and we've got to take his, his body away. And, and they're like, no, we're not, we're not going to do that. So eventually, it just keeps going on and on. You know, yeah, he's got the plague. And, but then there is one piece that I want to touch on here, because Joshua and Naomi have come to see Barnabas. The Countess blabbed. And mm-hmm. now his parents know. And well, they have a right to know. Exactly. I, I mean, Angelique wasn't even going to tell them. I no, mean, what he is... was just going to lay there and die. Yeah. I mean, how was she going to explain that if Barnabas had died? Well, you because know? he's going to come back. He yes. just can see you in the evening. Yes. And although after this, after the doctor confirms it, uh, Josette goes down to the jail to talk to Vicky and begs with her to please release Lift Barnabas. Curse, and yeah. Josette is so convinced she's a witch, and, and Vicky tells her over and over, I'm not a witch. Here's the proof. Go to my room. There's a book in my drawer. She's like, pull out the book. It's the Collins family history. Just please. It proves my innocence, you know. Mm-hmm. And Josette finds it, and she reads of her own death. Mm-hmm. And and then she reads that Barnabas is supposed to move to England and never return. She's like, oh, Barnabas isn't going to die, thank God, you know. Well, and she read all the stuff before. She's like, well, yeah, that happened, but it was like, it's not this way. It's like it's almost the truth. And that's you know? what um, <laughs> I think I'm thinking of the revival series, guys, because I just watched it again. Yes. <laughs> but whatever. In that one, Natalie was like, things are happening just not in the way they're really happening. Not, right. They're being told in a different way. Right. But we still can't stop these things from happening no matter what we do. Right, exactly. And that's basically what this Natalie was saying, too. Right, exactly. Like, so they're a little bit relieved because, you know, they read this book, and because some of the facts are right, they're going to take it all for a gospel here. So, so Joshua and Naomi have come to see Barnabas, and Joshua takes this moment too late but Joshua takes this opportunity to apologize to Barnabas and it was just it was so profound and so touching to me yeah and and it actually brought tears to my eyes to watch Mm -hmm. this Joshua apologizing to Barnabas and telling them that he was stupid for telling him that he couldn't marry he he was wrong to tell him he couldn't marry whoever he wanted and 
And then Barnabas reminded him of the war. And God, it's making me emotional, but when Joshua was wounded and Joshua told him that he, if he lived, they would never fight again and that they, they would live in peace. And here they are finally coming to grips with this fight that they've just had because Barnabas wanted to marry Angelique. Yeah. And it was just, it was so heartbreaking. And then the next moment, Josette comes in and with his last dying breath, he tells her that he loves her and to wait for him because I'm going to come back for you. And she begs him, please don't leave me. I love you too. And it's over. He mm. dies. And oh my God, it was just so heart wrenching and heartbreaking. And yeah, but back downstairs, Joshua comes down and announces that he's gone. And Naomi and the Countess and Josette are there. And Joshua's like, you know what? It was wrong of me to keep this from you guys because you guys are all involved. I'm just gonna. I'm just. I've decided to keep my son's death a secret. Yeah. And I'm gonna spread the word tomorrow that he is Leaving left for suddenly for England. And that's that. And then. Natalie and Josette's ears perk up, and they're yeah. like, oh, crap. Yeah. You know, that's what they read in the family history. Yeah. And Angelique, just she thinks that this is just preposterous and that she has some rights, too. He's my husband, after all. But Joshua is the coldest towards her. He was like, look, as far as I'm concerned, you have nothing. Yeah. It's like, you tricked him into marrying you, and he has nothing. He, he holds nothing back to her at this point. Barnabas is dead, and he wants nothing to do with Angelique, and he wants Angelique to have nothing to do with his family. In that last moment... With Barnabas and Josette, his last dying breath literally proved everything about how Joshua came at Angelique. You have mm-hmm. nothing. He didn't love you. You tricked yes, him. exactly. That proved it right there, what yes. he freaking said to Josette right before he died. But Joshua, being the Collins that he is, he offers the same amount of money, 10 grand yeah. in gold. To get the to, hell out of to, my face. Yes, to get out of here and never return. <laughs> yeah. And at first, she was like, oh, I haven't decided. He was like, I don't want you to... I don't I've want decided. You, I don't want you to take the money and then not sign this paper. And she was like, well... If you come back and the paper signed and I'm gone, you'll have your answer. So all of this, she calls Ben. They're still mentally linked. She calls Ben. Ben comes over and she says, look, I need you to go out, cut down a small holly tree, make me a stake out of it, and then bring me a hammer. Oh, my God. And he's like, what? They both go to the mausoleum because Angelique knows now that Barnabas is dead, she's got one chance or this is going to all, all hell is going to break loose. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) she goes to the mausoleum to stake Barnabas in his coffin before the sun goes down. And Ben won't hang around. He's like, I'm not going to watch this. Mm -mm. He traps her in there. Yeah. He's like, if you're you're telling the truth, then you're as good as dead. And he closes the door. Yeah. And but he's standing there listening on the other side. Mm-hmm. Want to make and, sure it happens. Yeah. <laughs> because he wasn't sure he believed her, but if she said if what she said was true, she was as good as dead when he got up. Right. Yeah. And it's like he said earlier to Barnabas, he's like, I thought it was impossible for anybody to kill her. Right. And then when she walks back into the door, I mean that just kinda proves his point. Yes. But like you said, it's like, well, if what you say is true, then you're as good as gone. Right. So, so he, he's listening at the other side of the door. Angelique opens up the coffin, puts the stake over Barnabas's heart, raises the mallet just as Barnabas pops his eyes open, and she just screams. Mm-hmm. And that perfect Laura Parker scream. And Barnabas says the perfect thing to her, to her once he realizes what's happened. He's like, why am I here? He's like, I'm dead, right? And, and Angelique was like, yeah. you know, And terrified because now she realizes now she has no power over Barnabas. Right. And he was like, so the curse, the curse that you put on me, you said that nobody who loved me 
would would live. And he was like, by that rationale, shouldn't you be the first victim of your own curse? She's like, what are you talking about? She's like, or did you lie to me all those times you said you love me? No, I didn't lie. He was like, well, then you got to die and just chokes her. Yep. And and she does die. She falls to the ground, eyes wide open, and she's dead. I think that might be a good place to stop. Yes, 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 I think so. Oh, this was pretty heavy towards yes. the end there. And this is when, like I said, this is the beginning half of 1795. Yeah, we just reached... This is the beginning of the second half, excuse yeah, me. Yeah, we've reached the midpoint here. So, guys, next week, we've been going for a while tonight, so next week we're going to pick this up and continue. Um, but tonight we just want to say thank you so much for indulging us. Thank you so much for listening. We have been waiting for this episode. Yes, this is what it all comes down to right <laughs> here. <laughs> so... Again, just reach out with to us with your comments, concerns, um, any any concerns or comments or concerns about this topic, your opinions, man, we want to hear them, please. Um, our email is between the shadows 2021 at Gmail. Uh, find us on Facebook. We're on YouTube. Go ahead over and like us, subscribe, and you know catch up if you guys aren't caught up yet. You know, I suppose if you're here, then you're already caught up. But so until next week, guys, just remember to keep it between us and the shadows. Good night, everyone. Good night. You didn't do the job well enough, Barnabas. I am not dead yet. And while I can still breathe, I will have my revenge. I set a curse on you, Barnabas Collins. You wanted your Josette so much, well, you shall have her, but not in the way that you would have chosen. You will never rest, Barnabas, and you will never be able to love anyone, for whoever loves you will die. That is my curse, and you will live with it through all eternity. You've been listening to Between the Shadows, a Dark Shadows podcast. All original Dark Shadows music, video clips, images, and media are the sole property of Dan Curtis Productions and is only used to promote Dark Shadows and should not be distributed, copied, or reproduced.